fantasy player option 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 ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to rumble what up and welcome in in the place to be just snagged a touchdown from the mvp whether home league or standard or ppr we'll give you insights to take you real far but we live to have fun and we do it for the game it's that ground and pound look as we move the chains bringing hype or the ha-has when you're on the go tune in and grab a seat because it's the fpo Alright everybody, welcome back into another episode of the FPO Podcast. We got some <laughs> rankings for you today and we got a little sneak peek of the direction of this podcast and what is to come. So we're very excited to give you guys that info. I am Tanner. Uh, you can find me at TannerLarson11 on Twitter. I am Sam and you can find me at SamDarylBFF on Twitter. And I'm Kanan. You can find me at KaneRob, K-A-Y-N-E-R-O-B. So what we want to do before we jump into the back half of our Dynasty quarterback analysis rankings, however you want to call it, is we want to tell you what we're going to be doing with this podcast. We're changing the format completely. It's not going to be like anything we've done before. And I don't think it's going to be like anything you've heard before. So what we're going to do is we're going to start bringing on a guest every episode. And what we're going to do is we're going to learn a little bit about this guest. I know other people are doing that out there, and that's not going to be the focus for us, but we will let you get to know them a little bit. But then we want their elevator pitch too. We want them to tell you what is their hot button topic. What is their hill that they're willing to die on? They need to give you the info that nobody else is willing to tell you. So we're going to give them some time to do that. And then we're going to have some fun with it. We're going to make this a game show. Think fantasy football mixed with Family Feud, Around the Horn, Jeopardy, and all that jazz. So think fantasy game show, think FPO, the FPO game show. There it is, folks. Hey. There, it is. there it is. Yeah, Kanan. You know, we just want to have some fun and have some lighthearted podcasts that people can kind of get away from the, you know, grinding Twitter out there and then there's nothing wrong with that like you know th- there's definitely a place for making some people some money and you know having a great dynasty league being great in seasonal leagues but we just want to have some fun get to know some people in the community and yeah man i'm super excited where this is going for sure and like there's so many experts out there there's so many great content pods so we don't want to jump into that funnel we want to create something new and who doesn't like a game show everybody's got their favorite one so we hope you'll tune in for that. We're going to kick that off starting on episode four, which is the episode after this. And we're going to kick it off right after Super Bowl week. So we hope you'll tune in. We hope you'll tell your friends about it. We hope you'll reach out and DM us and want to be a part of it. And feel free to follow us at, at FPO podcast underscore. And we'll give you a follow back as well. So that's the new format. That's the new update. And let's jump into these quarterbacks. Back Let's half. do it. So we're starting at QB 13. And that is the one and only Tua Tagovailoa. How do you say his last name, guys? Tungavailoa? I think it's Tungavailoa. Tungavailoa. Yeah. Tungavailoa. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, tongue in your mouth, vi, like bye, and loa. <laughs> that yeah, is man. Correct. I kind of think, I just think of like Robert Tunyon, and then I think of Tua Tungavailoa, like, I don't know, maybe they're like some distant cousins. I don't know. Sam, stop. Just stop. All right, I'm done. I'm done. 
Uh, I just got, I had so, to bring Robert Tunyon back in, you know, like whatever. Funyon, Tunyon, like Funyon, every right. time. All right, so in our ranks, I have him at thirteen. Tanner has him at thirteen, and Sam has him at eleven. So Sam, you're bought in still. Are you not worried about some of the flaws we saw from last year? Let's hear it. Yeah, I'm not. It's less. I'm just not panicking yet, and. I know that Tua coming into the NFL before he had his injury, and I know that you have to take in his injury into consideration, but before that, like he was considered a, a really, really good quarterback prospect. And I, I kind of, you know, I was looking at this because this is about the range that some of the rookies coming into this year are slotted in for me. And, you know, I wonder if Tua was taken this year, would he go over someone like Justin Fields or Trey Lance? or Zach Wilson. And I think he would have, you know, and so that's kind of where I, I, my, my thought process is, I still think he's a great athlete. He was elite at the college level and I'm just not panicking yet because we were, like we said in our last podcast, you know, uh, we were spoiled this year with guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And, you know, it was his rookie year, you know, he didn't look amazing, but he also wasn't, like tanking the team. He's on a fantastic team. And I love the way the, the direction that the Miami dolphins are going. So I'm still in on Tua. you know, I could see him, you know, moving down a few slots, but that's where I, ha- that's where I have him. Yeah. I, I think the, the key there is not panicking. I'm totally with you. Yep. Uh, the dolphins aren't panicking. The coaches have been very clear every, even after they, they bench him in some of those games, they're like, he's our guy moving forward. He's our guy moving forward. So if the Dolphins still have faith in Tua, I think there's no reason not to. They're, they will upgrade the offense, I think, most likely during the offseason. So I think that'll only help. And yeah, he, he wasn't great at times for a rookie, but he also was not a disaster by any means. He's He wasn't a Josh Rosen out there. He wasn't Dwayne Haskins out there by any, like anywhere close to, to those sort of busts that we've seen in recent years. So I still think exactly. that there is a ton of potential in this guy. And sometimes it just takes a, you know, 16 games, a full 16 games to get there. I would just like to etch a really light asterisk next to the Dolphins aren't panicking because if they trade for Deshaun Watson and get rid of Tua, it could maybe, maybe point towards panicking. I know Deshaun Watson is next level, right, so right. it's not really a panic. But you, just a light little asterisk. <laughs> I guess I just haven't heard much about like the Dolphins being super interested in it because I just don't think they're going to be willing to give up the draft capital to acquire Deshaun Watson if they do feel decent about Tua going forward you know and like I just I I think it's far more likely that Deshaun Watson would go to a place like the Jets because like Sam Darnold has been in the league for multiple years now and although like uh, there are still people who believe that he can be successful. You know, he hasn't shown it after a few years, whereas two was still super young. He only got to start how many, how many games was it? Nine and nine or 10, yeah, nine or 10 two. games. So yeah, I just, I, I, I'm not a believer that Deshaun Watson would go there, but you know, if he doesn't like, then I would panic if he was going to the Texans, because I am very worried about that organization and it very well could be a career killer for two. If he goes there. Um, I have a question for you guys, actually, and this is relating to dynasty rankings. Um, it's a, just a tiny bit off topic, but not really. So I posted this on Twitter the other day, and I'm just curious what you guys think about it. What I essentially asked is, are we now at the point in the NFL where we know 
what a quarterback will be after their first 16 games in the league. Because I think that for the longest time, it was always the attitude of like, we have to give these rookies two, three years. Well, now let's take a look at who are the good young quarterbacks in the league. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he wasn't the greatest passer in his first year of the NFL, but he was still electric, right? Deshaun Watson, great for 16 games. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, even a guy like Baker Mayfield, who by most standards, I'd say he's at least an average young quarterback. He had a, re- he had a record-breaking rookie season, right? So mm-hmm. are we now at the point where we can sort of figure out who these guys are in the first 60 games? Or do you think this is more of a, uh, just a weird happening in the last four or five years? I personally think it's more towards the weird happening. And I think it's also a little bit of the NFL is getting antsy with young guys because we're seeing a lot of success for rookies and whatnot. But then you go and you look and look at the first games of Carson Wentz, of Derek Carr. They looked like the next big superstars. And then all of a sudden, even both of them had injuries, but you know, things came back a bit. Or you can even look at Jared Goff looked terrible one year. Then he looked great in his first full year with McVay. Now he looks back to terrible. So it's just like, I think it's a little hit or miss, but I think that you can get at least a feel of how a player's, what their habits will be, what their potential might look Mm -hmm. like. Because even Josh Allen looked like he was struggling, but we saw that there was the potential and we've saw that potential come to light this third year. So I think at least a feel for it, yes. But maybe not like, Time to give up or time to move on, right? Away. I think that my qualification would be this too. What I'm seeing is that it doesn't necessarily mean that if you have a great first 16 games that you will be great. But I feel like we've seen very few quarterbacks in the last four to five years be bad for their first 16 games and then be something not other than that. And I guess the one exception you could say is Josh Allen. Although I'd argue even his first 16 games with that rushing aspect, he still was somewhat electric, so and you saw some of the potential there. But I, I don't know. Other than that, I can't really think of any quarterbacks who were just straight up bad for their first sixteen games in the last four years and have gone on to be something. I don't, I don't really recall. But was Ryan Tannehill bad to start, or was he pretty good to start? I can't remember to be honest. He so. was, he was pretty average. I mean, he played for Adam Gase, so. <laughs> oh God. You know, I, it's hard. Fair, it's hard to know. Fair, enough. <laughs> but I, re- I remember him having stretches where he actually looked pretty good, and then it was you know the team was kind of failing, and then he was failing, and it's just obviously he went to a new team is doing fantastic now. But fair, um, fair. I also That's think a good example. I, and I want to go back to Josh Allen because I know that like I'm lower on him than you two, but I will admit that this is the, his second time making the playoffs. Correct. Yep. Yep. And. And he's been. This was his third year in the league, or is this his fourth? Third. Can't remember. Third, right? So, I mean, it's you know, I can knock Josh Allen on his accuracy issues in his first two years, but you know, he he made the playoffs two years in a row now in his first three years. So, but I I think, and I I think you could say this at more than just the quarterback position that you are starting to see the stars break out earlier and earlier every year, and. That's especially true at the wide receiver position because, and maybe we'll see that kind of come back. But well, I just I was, think I was that, gonna say, look at the last two years. Yes, look at the yes. last six years before that. I don't think that's the case at all. Right, but also, I you know, it's this is in no way like a fact, but it's I've been kind of considering like maybe 
college is just figuring like college coaches and systems are just figuring out how to groom these players to be more NFL ready coming into the NFL. So that way when they come in, they're just ready to go and they just fire right away. And so the players that are firing the first year probably are just going to be the best players in that class. I honestly think it's a little bit of that and it's a little bit of college in the NFL, the games are becoming more similar. You know, the NFL is getting more higher octane, more passing. And a lot of those college coaches that wouldn't have made it in the league 10 years ago are now finding at least a good chunk of success. And you look at Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, he hasn't made the playoffs yet, but he's made it look like he can run a sufficient offense in the NFL. You know what I mean? So, and we'll see with Urban Meyer. I think that'll be a great test Mm -hmm. this year with the Jaguars to see how much that difference that gap is closing and that'll be really interesting for me to see Mm -hmm. uh let's let's move on to our next quarterback and that is one that you guys know and love sometimes hate i don't know which way it leans more for both of you but it is kurt cousins number 14 on our consensus dynasty rankings for quarterbacks i have him at 14 Tanner's got him at 15 and Sam's got him at 15. The two Vikings fans and I'm higher than both of you as a Packer fan. What is going on? So I'll say this. I love Kirk Cousins as a guy that can get your team into the playoffs. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, what are you talking about? He's just stats. I think the exact opposite. I think that right now him being in Minnesota, I think that he will never see a 5,000 yard season. And I think that, Pretty much everybody above him, except for a guy like maybe Baker. I mean, even Baker. I think Baker is more likely to get a 5,000-yard season one day than Kirk Cousins just because of where they are in their career and where they are as far as their team. Mike Zimmer, as long as he's there, he's going to want to run the ball. I know there's been some talk about Zimmer getting out of town, but I want him to stay. I think that the organization likes him. So I just think that Kirk Cousins' output for one season, like his high-octane output, is just limited based on his location. Right. Yeah, this it's tough because Kirk Cousins is hard was hard for me to rank and so was Matt Stafford and Jared Goff because these are players that we kind we pretty much know who they are at this point in their career. And so, you know, are one of these quarterbacks going to be able to break into the top 10 dynasty QB rankings ever? Probably not, you know. And so, you know, this was a tough ranking for me, but on the flip side, Kirk Cousins has shown that he, like, if there was a season that they kind of let him cook a little bit, I absolutely think that Kirk Cousins could do that and give you a top five mm-hmm. fan, or fantasy season. So I, I just like the stability of Kirk Cousins while also providing some more upside than other players, you know, around this ranking. Yeah, right. I agree with that. And one thing that people take for granted, I feel like a lot of people just assume Kirk Cousins isn't good because, you know, whatever it may be, the Monday night crappy record or like primetime games, he sometimes whatever, but that doesn't matter for fantasy football. And also if you look at his every year, his finishes since he's been a starter. So he's been a starter for six years now. He's been in the top 15 for five out of those six years. He had a top 10, he had a 10 finish, a five finish, a six finish. And then since he's come over to the Vikings, 13, 19, 11. And so that's clearly because the Vikings don't pass the ball as much as he was seeing over in Washington, but he's still been top 15, two out of those three years with the Vikings. So, and now he's got 
Justin Jefferson. They're going to incorporate that man. He's got Adam Thielen still. The dude's a touchdown maniac. And then you still got young guys like Irv Smith, who's only 22, and they're going to get him involved. So yes, Minnesota will run the ball, but Kirk's still going to pass. So I, I think that right in the middle, right when you're getting outside of those top high upside top tier guys, Kirk is a great fit to have as like a quarterback two in your two QB leagues or in your super flex leagues. Exactly. For sure. Completely agree. Now, speaking of Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford is the next one on our list. And he was another one. Yeah. Ranked 15. And he was another one that's going to be just weird because he's leaving the lions now. And, you know, based on this ranking, I was assuming he wasn't going to leave. Uh, and I just don't know how I feel about if he does leave because it'll kind of depend on landing spot, I think. But Matt Stafford is, is a fantastic quarterback, and I, mm-hmm. I see him in a very a very similar lens as Kirk Cousins, where like if he gets in the right situation, he will give you an Aaron Rodgers-esque season, season as far as just having elite passing numbers. And I think I was a little bit of opposite of you because I was lower on Stafford, and knowing he's getting traded – made me move him up just because I think the teams that will actually try to trade for him will be the teams that think they're only a quarterback away. And so some of those teams that stand out to me are the 49ers, the Colts, maybe the Washington football team. So if he's landing in one of those types, I think that sky's the limit. He could have a really high ceiling because I think that those guys will incorporate him well and let him use his strengths. Also, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I saw a public quote from somebody in the Lions organization essentially saying Matthew Stafford is gone. So sorry if that's uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, but I'm almost certain that Matthew Stafford will not be in Detroit next right. year. Yep. And I think that it doesn't really hurt his value all that much unless he ends up on a really run heavy team, like maybe the 49ers, maybe he sees less pass attempts. I, I guess that, that could be a possibility, but I love Matthew Stafford. I think that he is a great quarterback. I mean, he's had a 5,000-yard season before. Hello. And the other thing that kind of I was thinking about when ranking Matthew Stafford, I initially had him a little bit lower. And my thinking was that he's getting a little bit older, and he, I, I thought he had been injury-prone throughout his career. Then I looked back at the last 10 seasons, and I want you guys to just guess. I've kind of ruined it a little bit now. But just guess how many games he has played 16 games in the last 10 years. I'm pretty sure I've looked at this before, so I'll let get Sam guess first. Go for I'm it. I'm looking at I was already looking at it. So. You! Oh. It's like, out of 10 last season. Yeah, I was going to say That's eight or nine. Nine out of 10. The guy just gets on the field, and we always think of Matthew Stafford as being injured because he is, but he still gets on the field and performs. So right. He plays through that, a lot of it. He's tough. Right. And I think that a lot of people are fading him because of the injuries, but I don't think that's smart at all because he still gets down there and he performs. Also, I had no idea that Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford were the same age, which is Mm -hmm. pretty interesting because it feels like Matthew Stafford has been in the league just for a lot longer. But I think that's probably because he started. started. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That that also begs the question, though, because Kirk Cousins came in at the same time as RG3. Yep. So – did RG3, was he in the same rookie class as Matthew Stafford? Like, that doesn't what? sound that No, no, it's not the same rookie class because Matthew <laughs> Stafford got drafted before both of them. Uh, RG3 was, I'm pretty sure RG3 was the top pick of his class. Or no, he wasn't. Uh, he was in the top picks, like a couple of them. Right. But um, 
No, Matthew Stafford got drafted in 2009, and RG3 and Kirk Cousins got drafted in 2012. Oh, that makes way more sense. Three (laughs) years apart, but Matthew Stafford was just super young for his college career and everything. He must have entered like when he was like still 17. He must have like an early birthday or a late birthday or whatever, but um, super young. And he started from day one because he was the number one pick of his class too, if I'm not mistaken. He was so... Um, yeah. And even with the Shanahan, like even that, if that's a run heavy system, you got to think Matt Ryan was an MVP in Shanahan's system at one point too. So true. the possibility is there. So I'm just, right. I'm excited to see him elsewhere. I think that as long as he stays healthy, it could be fun. I've been a huge Matthew Stafford fan for a little while and I've just kind of felt bad for him because he's just been in the lions just have been such a mess of an organization for a long time. But, um, as we switch gears here. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on to the next person, we forgot to talk about rookies. So, like, would any rookies fall into this this range for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, any of those guys? We already talked about Trevor in episode one of this, or episode two, technically. So where are some of these rookies? Are they falling in here, or are they still yet to come for you? I have them right around this area, actually. I have Matthew Stafford intentionally ahead of these rookies because I think Matthew Stafford has that upside of having huge 5,000-yard seasons, and I think he will be in the league for another seven years. I think he's a guy that's going to want to play until he's 39-40, so I have him ahead of these rookies. But right behind uh, Stafford, I have... Uh, I haven't really placed exactly where they are, but Fields, Lance, and Wilson all kind of fall in this area of around 15, 16, 17 for me. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I have my rookies. How about you, Sam? I have the rookies a little bit higher. I have Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson in the 13 to 15 range. So my 13 to 16 is Tannehill, Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Stafford. And, you know, I don't I don't blame you for putting Stafford over them. It's just... I, I also am really excited for these rookie quarterbacks coming in. And like I said, like it's just weighing whether you want to shoot for upside or if you want the stability of someone like Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins. And I think sometimes it kind of depends depends on how close you have them, but you know, it can dep- depend on what your team looks like. You know, in one of my dynasty leagues, I have Dak Prescott. Um, and then my other quarterbacks are Jalen Hurts. Uh, Tom Brady, and, well, I guess Jameis Winston, now that Drew Brees is likely going to retire. And so I have, and it's a super two QB league, and I, I that, that's like a lot of uncertainty. And so would I rather have Kirk Cousins over Zach Wilson in that situation? Probably, because I have Dak Prescott still. So I have the upside in Dak Prescott and some, some stability in Kirk Cousins. So that's kind of how I view it. I have it. I have them ranked Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson in that order. Yeah, and I'm right between the two of you. I have Trey Lance and Justin Fields up towards the 13, 14 area with Tannehill, Tua, and Kirk. And then I have Zach Wilson and Mac Jones a little bit lower beneath Stafford and Hertz. Uh, I have them right around Wentz and Carr and those type of guys. So I see a split between those type of guys. And overall, I think that they fit rightfully so in this middle section and it's really coming down to who do you think has more upside in the NFL and will it translate as far as where to find them in that middle. But like Sam said, we can move forward. 
Yeah, and we're going to go with someone who's a little younger and was a rookie last year and one of my favorite players in Jalen Hurts. Looking at our rankings, I think this might be the most widespread rankings of Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm obviously the highest. Uh, I have him at 14, I believe. Uh, Tanner has him at 20 or 19, and Kanan has him at 16. So I kind of want to hear what Tanner's thinking behind this ranking is and why you have him so low. I think what it comes down to for me is that I don't think he has much immediate value because I think that Carson Wentz could easily be the starter next year. I think it's going to come down to a training camp battle and who's going to win that battle. And I also think that while Jalen Hurts was flashy, he was pulled from a game, and I know that was very controversial, but you can't deny that he was not playing well in the beginning of that game. He was not playing well. I don't agree with the – like, if you're trying to win that football game, I don't think you pull him. But – he has had his bad moments as well. He was not accurate at any point in the season. Um, he was a big fantasy guy. Like, he scored those points. Don't get me wrong. But he was shooting somewhere around 55% for completion percentage. I still think that's a big concern that he's going to have to clean up if he wants him as a valuable dynasty asset. And with that, I mean, a lot of his fantasy production was coming on the ground, which is great for fantasy, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee him the job. And so I kind of am with you in the fact of I think that Carson Wentz, the more I see the writing on the wall and the tea leaves that I'm trying to read over here, it looks like Carson Wentz is going to get that job back. It looks like ownership is trying to make sure that that happens based on the coaching hire, based on the fact that they're losing Deuce Staley, who asked to be let go of his contract to go elsewhere. It just looks like the ownership is trying to kind of guide the narrative that Wentz has to be the starter, at least from what I'm seeing now. And that could be completely wrong. I'm not in those, I'm not in talks with those front offices or anything like that. But it just looks like Carson Wentz, it's like, the ownership is like, this guy needs to be our starter. So that kind of hurts his immediate value for me. Hurts his immediate value. Yeah. So what's interesting is Jalen Hurts kind of falls under a quarterback that I usually don't like because of the like the passing in- inconsistencies. But it's hard to ignore that Jalen Hurts, if he does land a starting job, is one of those quarterbacks, at least in terms of fantasy, that could shoot up to being a top five fantasy quarterback within a few games For sure. and that's why that's why i have him so high it's just because yes he might be vol like a, at this point a volatile asset but like what i would smash accept on a kirk cousins for jalen hurts uh trade and you know in a second and so and also like as far as like the situation that he was in i don't put any weight into the the benching that he got for Nate Sudfeld at the end of the game. Cause I am very much a believer that like they were intentionally tanking and he wasn't like, I'm not saying he was playing well, but like he's also a rookie who came into a team that was an absolute mess. I mean, he made someone who's getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars get benched for him. And he came in and made them look better. And the, and the, and the players were behind him. And so, although I think the, it does look like the team is, trying to force Carson Wentz into that starting situation, you could see it from the players that they they wanted Jalen Hurts to be there. And I think that kind of said something about his character and that I think he's going to easily find a starting job in the NFL. And when he does, like, his fantasy upside, he has that Koinami, quarter, uh, Koinami code quarterback uh, attribute that 
um, we look for for top end fantasy quarterbacks. I'm curious for both of you guys. Do you think that if Carson kind of slips up or anything that he'll get in right away? Or do you think that this new coach is going to kind of have a long leash with Carson? Because it makes me think, is this new coach going to lose the locker room right away? You know, it did kind of seem like the other players wanted Hurts. They liked Hurts. They backed Hurts. And now all of a sudden, if he's not starting, what does that say to your locker room? What does that say to the guys who have faith in him? You know what I mean? This Mm -hmm. feels like I know that Houston is kind of a mess and with all the Sean Watson and everything, but this locker room is also kind of a hot mess right now, which is something that I feel like isn't getting talked about enough. Well, and that's why I'm not necessarily concerned about Jalen Hurts as much as I am more concerned about Carson Wentz and why I'm like, I don't know, like Tanner, you have Carson Wentz over Jalen Hurts and like, Mm I just, I don't understand. I, I'm just so worried about Carson Wentz just being done after next year. You know, I think, I mean, I, I, I think that's completely ridiculous that he'd be done after next year. I kind of agree. That's completely insane because yes, he was bad this year. Okay, do not get me wrong. Carson Wentz was not good this year. Okay. Terrible, terrible. But the dude has had an MVP like season. That that isn't nothing. And on top of that, his rookie season, um, he was a little turnover prone. Still, we saw flashes, right? And then even last year, people liked to hate on Carson Wentz last year. Carson Wentz did a good job last year, in my mind, with a bunch of receivers that were horrible and dropped the ball all the time. And he wasn't perfect last year, but Carson Wentz was an above-average starter as a quarterback last year and has had an MVP-type season. So I think that Carson Wentz, will definitely be a starter. I don't think you can say that about Jalen Hurts because he's on a rookie contract and because he's a little bit raw. And I don't think that there are teams dying to invest in Jalen Hurts right now. So I think that's that's the main reason why I have Wentz ahead of Jalen Hurts. And it's not like Wentz doesn't have the upside. You know, he was number five or six that won MVP type season. So he has that upside. And I tend to agree with that because I just feel like Carson Wentz, even if it's not with the Eagles, he's more likely to land in another team and have a Kirk Cousins type big contract with another team or have that opportunity moving from the Redskins, formerly Redskins, but now the Washington football team to Minnesota or even looking at Alex Smith, who went from the 49ers and had the opportunity with the Chiefs. I think that that's a more likely scenario for Carson Wentz than falling out of the league fully. Yeah, right. I guess I'm probably just really low on Carson Wentz. Uh, I think it's just going to be hard for teams to look at what he did this past year and see a lot of hope going forward with that. And like, because, you know, I also heard stuff from players in that locker room that were, was they were saying that Carson Wentz just was kind of in denial that he was playing really bad. Like he he was just like, no, this wasn't my fault. It was, it was other people. And, you know, I don't want to read into those narratives too much, but like, you know, it, the, those things concern me. And I also wasn't really a Carson Wentz fan before this year. And his MVP season, MVP like season was also four years ago. So I also think it's interesting that the locker room has rallied around two other quarterbacks outside of him during his time. That that yeah. says something, whether it's saying that he's putting blame on others or not. We don't know that for sure. But the fact that the locker room does rally around these other guys so easily is intriguing. I'll say one more thing before we go to, yes, his MVP season was four years ago, but again, he was good last year. And in 2018, 
if he would have played that full season, that would have been an exceptional year from a quarterback as well. He's throwing near 70% completion, TD to interception ratio at three. So it's not like he had one good season, and that's all we've seen. He's right. had multiple good seasons, and he's had one bad season. So I think people are framing it as in like Carson's Wentz and all these bad things, and he's had one good season. It's really the exact opposite in my mind. Yes, last year was horrible, but he has the track record of also being a good quarterback. And we'll have a little bit more time to talk about Carson Wentz because I'm sure he's going to pop up on our list. But we're going to move on to the next quarterback, which is our consensus 17, which is Jared Goff. I have him at 19. Tanner's got him at 16. And Sam has him at 17. Now, the first thing I want to say is Goff is trash at football. (laughs) Like... Oof. He's, he's not good. And the only reason that we rank him this high, and I, I don't know if I'm speaking for you or just speaking to my heavy bias, I guess, but the only reason we rank him even this high is because he's paired with Sean McVay. I mean, the offense is crazy good. And the thing that I think is crazy is people aren't really talking about it. The GM, Les Snead, has literally came out this offseason and doubled down that Jared Goff is a Ram for now. Like he's a Ram at the moment. You know what I mean? And his contract is huge. So it's going to be hard to replace him or have somebody else step in. But it's like, why isn't there as much, oh my God, the Rams want to get rid of Jared Goff with all this, where there is with Aaron Rodgers or all these other things. And I get that those are better quarterbacks, but still this is a starting guy that they invested money in. So I'll say one thing. I made that ranking before the news that came out, it was either yesterday or the day before, when somebody inside the Rams organization literally said that there will be a quarterback competition in training camp this year for the Rams. Honestly, with that news, I drop him at least three to four spots. Because well, if, he's, if he's, not, I think Jared Goff is the type of guy where if he is not a starter this year, it could be a little bit tricky for him to get back into a starting role. Because yeah, I, he, he's never had an MVP type season. And he's had multiple bad stretches. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I see them in I see Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. We have them back to back in our rankings, um, in a very similar position. And I did the same thing where it's like, I know that Jared Goff like has this you know long contract similar to Carson Wentz, um, but I didn't know that the organization was already also considering moving on from him, and that's where that like. I have Jared Goff, what is it, four or five slots ahead of Carson Wentz, but I would probably throw him right down there with uh, Carson Wentz where I have him just because I just don't see much of a difference between them. I, I think Jared Goff has actually had some really good seasons, and I think That's a lot true. of people – like I mean, he's had two seasons with 4,600-plus yards, which is But is really that good. Jared Goff or is that Sean McVay throwing the ball 600 times? Right. Well, and I – I don't know. I, I would say it's more like the coach um, getting more out of Jared Goff than most coaches would. But, you know, like I said, I, I don't feel great about Jared Goff going forward as well. He's still young, though, and maybe he figures it out. But I just I'm, I'm worried about it, man. One, one fun Jared Goff stat I have uh, last year. So Jared Goff threw 16 interceptions. He also led the league and dropped interceptions with over 20. <laughs> <laughs> so if if we if we add that up, that could have been a disastrous season for Jared Goff last Jared year. So just, just, just yeah, just keep that in mind. Right. And I here's the thing is 
I think if the Rams, I was surprised that they gave him a huge contract. Like I was shook when that news came out. And I think once this contract is up, I wouldn't be surprised to see him fall out like a Bortles or like we'll probably see with Trubisky where maybe they can get a job as a backup or a, a rep QB or something like that. But I don't think that the starter is like a long-term thing for him, which might be a hot take, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I have to correct my stat. It was actually 16 dropped interceptions. So that would put his season total at 32. So excuse me there. Well, huge difference. <laughs> so here's my take. I think Carson Wentz, because you guys both don't like Jared Goff. I'm saying that Carson Wentz is closer to Jared Goff than he has that he than he is to like someone like Matt Stafford. So, I mean, but, I think that's fair. I think that the route, likeliest route, is like I said, kind of a similar to Kirk Cousins. I think the talent's there, but I can't say that for Jared Goff. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think I think the the one separating thing for me is that we've seen Carson Wentz play at an extremely elite level. I don't think we can say that about Jared Goff. He's played very well, but I don't think he's had anywhere near an MVP type season. Yeah. And even when Carson Wentz is playing bad, there's still moments on the field where I'm like, holy crap, how did he make that throw? Like he still has that flash and that talent. So it's a little different yeah. for me. But moving on to number 18, let's keep this one brief. It's Carson Wentz. We've <laughs> talked about him so much in these last couple that I think we can keep it pretty brief. I have him at 17, Tanner's got him at 18, and Sam has him at 21. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably Wentz. a little low on Carson Wentz, uh, but like I said, just not a, not a huge fan. I think we could leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> talk it up. I'm cool. Moving on. So moving on to a guy that I am super low on, and I got into a Twitter argument with somebody the other day. But you guys seem to be a bit higher, uh, especially Tanner. Is our consensus 19, Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Ryan, for me, uh, I'm going to start with Tanner. For Tanner, he is 17. Mm-hmm. For Sam, he is 18. For me, he's 20. I've adjusted this since then. But in this rankings, when we made this, he's 25. Oh, um, come on, Kanan. I, I have adjusted it. He's 22 okay. for me. He's 22. Yeah. All right. But All right. So to keep woo. our consensus consistent, I can't move it for this. So he's 25. Here's, here's my thing with Matt Ryan, especially with your ranking of Aaron Rodgers. Matt Ryan has had Aaron Rodgers type seasons. He has finished as QB2 two different times. So this dude, three years ago. Right. This dude. <laughs> can be an elite fantasy quarterback. And he still has Julio Jones. And he still has Calvin Ridley, who has emerged as an elite wide receiver. So I know that Matt Ryan, this is probably his worst season in recent memory. But you also have to think about what that organization was going through this year. Um, They went through a tough coaching change. Things just really weren't going their way either. I mean, that weird loss to – or – what was that weird loss they had early in the season? I don't remember who it was to. The cow- it was the Cowboys. The Cowboys, right. The Cowboys with that onside kick. I mean, come on. Just so many weird things happening in, in Atlanta this year that I think that we're forgetting that Matt Ryan throughout his career has had elite fantasy numbers, and he's a lot younger than a lot of these old birds that he's that he's tied into. The dude's only, what, 36? Right? 35. 35. He'll be 35. He'll be 36. Yeah, he'll be 
<laughs> he likely has four seasons left, four full seasons. I think that's a safe bet with Matt Ryan. So, and he can be elite for those seasons. Here's the thing. I don't think he has, well, he technically probably will have four seasons left, but I don't think he has four seasons left as a starter, if we're being honest, at least for me. I think um, that's baloney. I think somebody will get Matt Ryan a shot. But he signed with a huge contract through 2024. There are heavy, heavy assumptions that they might take a quarterback with this number four pick. Do you? If that happens, I can't see him having more than maybe a year and a half as a starter in Atlanta. Two tops. But okay. with that, go two top two years from now. He's thirty eight. I, I I I get that he's had elite numbers, but like for these past two years, for me, he's looked more and more lost. He's made worse decision making. His arm reminds me of what we saw with Philip Rivers where we're starting to see a heavy drop off, a heavy decline, more of a noodle arm throws and things. And so like that paired with this top pick paired with the team. Yes, they lost a lot of one score games, but at the same time, if we're being honest with ourselves, I don't think that they're super close to contending. So it's like you need to start kind of rebuilding the main core. I think Ridley is going to be a more important option to them than Julio is as we go, because Julio showed he's getting hurt a lot. He's getting older. And so it's just like, I think it's more likely that Ryan has for sure this year as a starter, barring injuries. But then I think everything is a question mark after that. And that's why he fell the 22, 25, whatever for me is because I just, I see something similar to that type of future production, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, so let me give you some context for this year because everyone kind of saw this as like Matt Ryan's big decline. Uh, He threw for 4,500 yards. Thank you. uh, Thank you. 20 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Thank you. Like out of context of like actually watching any games, it actually is not that bad. Like it's actually good numbers. Right. Okay. But you could say Philip Rivers the year before his last year in the Chargers where everyone shat on him. He threw for 4,600 yards and 23 touchdowns. So, like, it's just like you can put I, up numbers. They're talented guys. I'm not going to put that past him. But on the team he's on, he's not, they're not winning a championship anytime soon. And I don't know who's going to trade for him. Phillip Rivers had a better circumstance where his contract was coming up. So he could be signed for a more reasonable thing. Matt Ryan's contract is through 2024, and it's still one of the higher paid quarterback contracts. I'll say a couple things. One, I think that the criticism of Phillip Rivers is extremely unwarranted. Phillip Rivers is still a good quarterback. I don't care what he looks like when he throws the ball. He gets the ball where it needs to be, and they gain yards. I don't care how it happens. We're obsessed with this Patrick Mahomes athletic-type quarterback. If Matt Ryan can still throw for 4,500 yards, that's 4,500 yards towards my offense. That's that. That's just the yards, right? And that matters. So I think the other thing is, too – is that looking at Philip Rivers and his trajectory, like let's compare that. Let's say Matt Ryan is Philip Rivers three, four years from now. I'm happy to have that on my fantasy team as a 39-year-old quarterback. And frankly, I'm happy to have as an NFL team as well. The Colts made the playoffs this year, you know? So I don't I think that Matt Ryan is guaranteed a starting spot as long as he's in the NFL until he's about yeah. 39 to 40 years old. Because um Dude, look, look at Philip Rivers. He's 39. He had but his contract. Spot. His contract situation was different. He could go somewhere else because he didn't have a starting spot with the Chargers anymore. Matt Fair Ryan, his, his contract is keeping him there. And I don't think that many teams are going to be shipping out 
assets on top of taking on a huge contract like that. It's just, we can't say a hundred percent apples to apples with that because the contract situation is such a different aspect. Here's what would happen if that happens, right? If the, if the Falcons don't want to pay him and nobody's willing to trade for that contract, they would cut him and Matt Ryan would get a new contract. It's not like Matt Ryan will be paid $40 million until he's done in the NFL. Something will get worked out. Matt Ryan is a realistic guy as well. He knows at the age of 38, 49, or sorry, 38, 39, if he's not putting up those huge numbers anymore, MVP type seasons, that he will have to take a dip in his pay. So I think that you're, I think that yes, if Matt Ryan had to be paid $40 million until he was 40 years old, then no, he wouldn't have a job. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Matt Ryan will restructure his contract somewhere. All right, Sam, you talk, and then I have a question for both of you. Yeah. So I guess I was going to ask you a question, Kanan, because I've also heard some rumblings that maybe a Matt Ryan, Kyle Shanahan uh, reunion could be in place. So like, what if, like, I feel like that could be something that likely happens and Matt Ryan goes to the 49ers and signs a three, four year contract with them. And at that point, like, how much different is Matt Ryan in that offense than Matt Stafford? Obviously he's older, but like, you're still going to get solid production out of Matt Ryan. And so that's, that's why I, I still have faith that like, I don't know, I have him right behind Jared Goff. Like, Who's going to outplay each other for the rest of their career? Like I would maybe bet on Matt Ryan at this point, even though I have Jared Goff ahead of him just because of Goff's um, youth. But And I think the biggest difference for me is I don't see Ryan having that many starter seasons left. That's why he fell so hard for me. You know what I mean? If he goes to the San Francisco 49ers and he gets the starting job, then yes, I would inevitably move him up. Like I'm not going to deny that saying he's so worthless that he would, if he went to a other team and had the starting job and I knew that, then yes, I'll move him up. But looking at how, like, yes, there's a lot of movement within the quarterbacks of teams right now, but like, Outside of the 49ers, what are some other teams that are realistically going to bring him in as opposed to maybe they're drafting younger guys or they take a shot on a Stafford or somebody else that's a little younger and still has that upside? I mean, what I think other there are teams? plenty of teams. Well, New England, why would you? Washington? New England isn't competing right now, though. When, when Cam Newton wasn't playing horrible, they were winning games. That's yeah. true. They and were they've been a contender. You know what I mean? Like, yes, they you were. can games, but they were not a contender. The games they were winning were close games, and nobody well, was like, oh, this New England team's gonna be in the Super Bowl. And maybe after okay, week fine, one fine. or two, they did. Take but, out New England, take out New England, Washington, the 49ers, yeah. Carolina, the Lions. There's so many teams out there that could use well, the, I, the Lions are not there. I think both the Lions and Carolina are likely looking at young quarterbacks in this draft. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but if they don't get one, though, if they don't get one, though, like, what's what's holding them back from going after Matt Ryan? You know, like, Matt Ryan on the Washington football team would make them a a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. I mean, that's – okay, that is fair. I think that the Washington football team and San Francisco are two teams that I would be like, yes, that could happen, and that could be sufficible. But that's what I'm saying is we have possibly – Two realistic options. So it's just like, and that's Kanan, if Kanan, no, hold on. That's if you get away from the contract stuff. Yes, you said you can oh, cut him. Do you, want know, do you want to know how much money they will have to eat up in their rebuild if they cut him? 
it's an absurd, it's an absurd amount. Like it's not that easy, That's even hard. though we like to say, oh yeah, we can just get rid of them. It's, that's the same reason why Aaron Rodgers was never going anywhere when people were like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he he wants to leave. Even if he did, we're not trading him this year. He can okay, fucking right. all year. Let me give we're you a trading okay. So you have him a, at 20, right? I have him at 22, have, realistically. Yep. Okay, so, so great, great. Matt Ryan, it's expensive for the Falcons to cut him. Then he starts in Atlanta. He's still yeah. starting. But I'm saying, why would the Falcons take a huge hit like that? They can have him in case a young guy gets hurt, in case the young guy's going slow. It's the same reason. You're going to pay a quarterback $35 million on your bench? No, you are not. That is not going to happen. The Rams might be doing it with Jared Goff pretty soon here. Carson Wentz just did it on the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Those two things could very likely happen. So who's to say? I'm going to leave it at this, Candidate. I'm going to leave it at this. Three years from now, I will bet you $5 that Matt Ryan will still be a star in the NFL. And if he's not, I will give you $100. All you do is have to give me five. I will take that bet immediately. Okay. Three years from now. Holy shit. This is a, just a win-win for me. Hell yeah. <laughs> I just love how Matt Ryan, like, in fantasy, like. It's because Kanan is on one right now. I don't know what he is saying. Why Kanan has, like. This Matt Ryan hate that okay, just here. Just hear me out. Hear me out. Boiling out of Kanan's skin right now. How much he just does not like Matt Ryan. Would you be absolutely shocked if somehow the end of Matt Ryan's career, as he gets older in these next two years or so, flamed out like Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco. Yes, yes. Matt Ryan is a better yes, quarterback. I would. Matt yeah. Ryan is a better would, quarterback. They're not incomparable. Would happen. No, I think it would happen. It could happen, especially, but it, it, I think it largely depends on the the young quarterbacks coming in. Because as far as quarterbacks in the league right now, like it would be surprising to see some. I don't know, like, well, who's a young quarterback that could go to Atlanta that would over somehow overtake Matt Ryan? I don't think there's many quarterbacks in the league. Like Dwayne Haskins isn't going to do that. Obviously, obviously, he can't do that now since he's with the Steelers. Um, but why would they take a chance on that when they have the four pick and they could get either possibly right. Fields, well, Wilson, yeah. and if one of those guys goes there, that takes a hit to his value for me. And right. I anticipate but, uh, one of those guys is probably going to end up there. Is my thing, right? So. I just think we see that there's definitely been a trend in the league that, you know, like Matt Ryan knows he's at the end of his career. He's on the back half, and if they draft someone, Matt Ryan will find a way out of there. You know, and it's just they. It's just I think. You know, you look at Deshaun Watson right now. It's no, it's a different situation, but like they're they also just signed a huge contract, but they like, you know, they know he's not gonna play for them. And so they're gonna take on the money, take the take the hit for a few years and kind of get rid of them. And I just think there are teams out there that would happily take Matt Ryan's skill set for the next three to four years and I can't right, can you get to say one more thing about Matt Ryan? I'm closing with this. I'm closing with this and we're moving on. I think that we're getting, just like with the rookie thing that Tanner said, we're getting so used to this abnormal thing that quarterbacks can play till they're 39, 40, 41, et cetera, that everyone's going to be able to do that and everyone's going to do that. That's that's not a super realistic thing. Just like rookies having amazing rookie seasons, all of them coming in at once. I think we're getting spoiled by it, and it's not going. I think we're going to see more retires early. We're going to see more trends, including of Aaron Rodgers, right, guys? Right, that, Aaron Rodgers. 
Tyron. That one hundred percent could could happen. You know, he's so talented, but at the same time, if he's just mentally worn out after another year or two, I could see him saying, "You know what? I'm not going to play till I'm forty one. I'm going to call it at thirty nine. You know what I mean? Like, right. so yeah. that's what I'll close with. Right. I look forward to that easy one hundred dollars. And our <laughs> consensus number twenty is <laughs> Derek Carr. I have him at eighteen. Sam has him at. 20 and Tanner has him at 23. Yeah, I was kind of interested. I, I kind of want to hear where Kanan's at because I thought I was going to be high on Derek Carr, but it looks like Kanan is a few spots higher than I am, which I don't, I'm not mad at you. I like that. I think that's, I can't blame you for that. I think I'm likely too high on Carr, to be honest. But right now, like I've assumed that the Raiders were going to take a new quarterback over the last two, maybe three years. And I also assumed Mariota was going to get a chance to actually try to win that job. It doesn't seem like any of those are happen- happening. Even when Mariota had a great game against the Chargers, barring one bad interception, he still didn't get the shot when Derek Carr was hurt on a groin injury. So, I mean, if the Raiders want to keep giving him starter opportunities then I think he's viable last year he was a 14th QB year before that he was 17th he's had 12 he's had 14 he's consistently in the top 20 so I just I figured you know what if he's going to be a starter then he should be in my top 20 but I do think that 18 could be high the only reason that he is towards this this higher over a guy like Matt Ryan is because he's 29 so I wouldn't be surprised if he did get an opportunity somewhere else too yeah, I think I actually probably have him a little bit too low for the exact reason that Kenny was just saying is it doesn't seem like the Raiders are really interested in finding a different option at the time, which was surprising to me because they've been stuck in mediocrity with Derek Carr. Not that Derek Carr has been horrible, but I mean, I think that this time in the Raiders' lifespan is a great opportunity to rebuild. I mean, they traded away Khalil Mack and a bunch of other pieces, so... I'm just surprised that the Raiders are still trying to compete and continually failing to do so, and they're not really doing much about it. At least that's the way it seems to me. Yeah, and I I also think Derek Carr will definitely, at this point, it looks like he's going to re-sign with them because his contract is up after this year. Am I right by that? I would have to look. I'm not sure. Well, I'm pretty sure he's coming towards the end of his contract. And, you know, if he signs a second contract with the Raiders, you know, he's – thrown for 4,000 plus yards three straight years. And um, in the last three years, he went from 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions to 21 touchdowns and eight interceptions. And then this last year through 27 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So it's like, it seemed, it seems like he's finding some more consistency and some better QB play. And if he keeps doing that, you know, I could just see him working his way into like the Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford type area. Um, because, you know, a lot of people really liked Derek Carr when he came into the NFL. So right. um, his his contract is through 2023. He'll be up in 2023. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard something somewhere, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's kind of right where he should be around 20. Uh, yeah, I think I have a little bit too low, actually. So good Derek Carr talk. Let's move on, though. All right. Well, number 21 is Daniel Jones. I have him at 20 tanner has him at hoofda not very good on his rankings and and sam's got him at 20 do you not have him in your top 32 tanner 
No, I, I missed him. I don't have him in my top 25. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, I see. So we'll say that he is 26 for Tanner. He's right, 26. right. So and, and I'm just going to go into my, my, my uh, rationale behind that real quick. Um, and it's, it's what we were talking about earlier this uh, podcast in that we've seen quite a bit of Daniel Jones. Like he has had the opportunities. And while the Giants is not like a mecca of offense, I'll say that they have more weapons than some teams. And to be quite honest, Daniel Jones has just been a horrible passer. Like there's no other way to put it. He's been terrible as a passer. Um, so I think that unless Daniel Jones figures it out real quick, um, I don't know. I don't think that he – I think he may ne- never be a starter again once he leaves New York unless he figures something out. He could very well be Mitch Trubisky 2.0. That's true. Right. Um, I think I have them back in my rankings. And honestly, I only included them there just because they have a starting job right now. Exactly. Uh, like I don't feel good about it, you know. Like we're getting into the zone of quarterbacks. That it's just you take them because they'll give you some points on your fantasy roster, maybe a few times a year. Uh, but they're kind of just fillers until you can find something else, you know. And Daniel Jones, like you said, Tanner, like hasn't really shown much as a passer. And you know, people like to say that he's fast, which like I always think about the run where he kind of ran fast. <laughs> Legs could go, and he kind of fell over, which he looked. Oh man, real fast, but obviously he. Uh, uh, fast doesn't do you any good if you're not athletic. If yeah, you fall exactly. down on a, on a breakaway run, come on, buddy, come yeah, on. Big, that, was, that was pretty funny. So yeah, it's just there's been a lot of cons- inconsistencies with him, and I know that the Giants are also possibly considering moving on from him. So I don't think they will, but you know, you never know with the Giants, like. They, if they already know that they don't like him, I mean, look at Dwayne Haskins already off the team, but I think Dwayne Haskins is much worse at this point. So, Agreed. Yep. All right, so let's let's fly through these next three and then close this whole thing off with one quick fun question. But the next one is quarterback 22, which is Sam Darnold. I have him at, I believe, 21. Yep. Uh, Tanner's got him at 24. And Sam doesn't like Sam. I don't have, yeah. Well, 26. Was, Sam's got him at 26. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was tough because I, I went between Mitch Trubisky, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Sam Darnold. Like, there's so many of these quarterbacks that are just, you know, I just don't know what their futures look like. And I definitely think that the Jets are going to be taking a quarterback. So, you know, where does Sam Darnold go? And does he ever have a starting job again? You know, I just, I don't know. I, I do think he, you know, maybe now I'm starting to think I should have him over a few of these. Like, I think Sam Darnold might have a brighter future than someone like Drew Locke or Daniel Jones. But I just, you know, it was just a tough area for rankings, I think, for right. quarterback. For sure. I was just going to say, I think the biggest thing for me with Sam Darnold and having him ahead of some of those guys is that, frankly, looking at Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, I think it's clear that they have a better situation to succeed in than Sam Darnold has had. Um, having Adam Gase and having the complete lack of anything resembling a weapon on his offense other than Jamison Crowder. Um, so I think that I'd, I'll just be interested to see what happens to Sam Darnold in a fresh environment because I do think it's likely the Jets take a QB. Even if he doesn't, a lot is changing in New York. So I, I'm interested to see what he can do in a different environment. Yeah, I agree with you guys both there. I think the main thing that really stands out for me for him over 
guys like Trubisky and Dwayne Haskins and things like that is one, like you said, just, I think he'll get another opportunity and he'll likely, I think he has the best chance to do better in another opportunity, but also he's, he's still 23, um, which is kind of crazy. He's he's younger. He's younger than Dwayne Haskins. He's younger than Mitch Trubisky and all those guys. So I just think he'll have at least one more shot. If he doesn't land in that shot, he's done. Like it's simple as that. He'll be a backup or something. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, we'll move on to 23. Um, while we do that, I'm going to break open a bag of W's that I can eat because 23 is Jameis Winston. Mame. I guess the biggest question I have for you guys is, do you think that the Saints 100% re-signed Jameis Winston? He technically was on a one-year contract, so he could be elsewhere or he could re-sign with them. And if he does resign. Do you think he's the starter? They played Hill over him when Breeze was hurt this year. So I guess where are you guys at with that? I definitely don't think there's it's definitely not one hundred percent. You know, James Winston's future is definitely up in the air. I, I definitely have him too high on here. Uh but the reason I put him there is because I have him I Sam's got him at nineteen, a, by the way. <laughs> oh God, Sammy. But here's the thing. So you know, it's probably wrong of me to put him above a guy like Derek Carr or Carson Wentz. But I definitely don't see anything wrong with ranking Jameis Winston over someone like Mitch Trubisky or Daniel Jones or Drew Locke because like two years ago, Jameis Winston in fantasy was the number two quarterback. Right. You know, he showed us that he, cause he's kind of, he's a gunslinger. Yes. He's had some very bad turnover issues, but you know, I think if he does find another studying job and can kind of turn that turnover issue around, like he has shown us that he has a lot of upside. And so this is purely a ranking that like I still love the upside that Jameis Winston brings to fantasy. And so like is when if you're going to ask me if I'll trade Mitch Trubisky for Jameis Winston, it's not even a question. I completely agree with the point that Jameis Winston can be an elite fantasy quarterback any given year. I just think that 30 interceptions in a season is a big red flag to an NFL team. And unless, I I don't know, it's just hard to figure out what type of team is willing to take that risk with a guy. I think that his career trajectory could very well turn into a Ryan Fitzpatrick sort of thing where, do you really want Ryan Fitzpatrick on like your dynasty team? If it's a really, like a really, like the, the waivers are deep because he might not be starting the whole season, right? He might give you those huge games, but he also might sit the whole season. So it's kind of hard to place him for me. Yeah, yeah and I also missed He was QB4 two years ago. Oh, um, right. But still, I mean, it's top five quarterback. And also, like, he's still only 27, you know. But you're right. He's he's really difficult to kind of pinpoint where he should be at. But I just love the upside, so I have him higher than much higher than both of you for sure. I mean, I had him at 23, so I I had it for the same reason of if he lands a starting job, he could give you some great fantasy numbers. Uh, I think if the saints bring him back, it'll be, it'll be fun to see what happens. Uh, Otherwise a team that could be fun would be Washington in my eyes, but who knows? We'll see what happens. We'll move on to our, the giants, which would take over. Wow. Yeah. I mean, why not? You know, like, Evan Ingram, Saquon, Sterling Shepard, and maybe Evan. they draft someone like Rashad Bateman or something like that. You know, like that could be fun. Right. Evan Ingram is such a scrub. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> can't even mention his name on this podcast. <laughs> uh, last but not least, the quarterback 24 is Drew Locke. 
Sam's Puke. got him at 24. Tanner's got him at 25. And I have him at 29. No I have adjusted him since then, and he is 20, like, 6, I think, for me. So I guess the biggest thing worry for me is that I don't for sure know that Drew Locke is going to have a job again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he yeah. he hasn't shown out. He's had some turnover problems. He hasn't had great decision-making. The Broncos could look elsewhere, and that's the biggest thing for me. If he stays there and he's guaranteed the job, then I'd probably move him up towards, like, Daniel Jones or something like that. Not super far, but, I mean, the potential's there. And the biggest thing for me is he has great weapons in Denver. And so it's just, like, it's hard to not – see him as a somewhat viable option with some upside when you've got Fant, Judy, Sutton coming back, which people don't talk about enough. And even Hamler is pretty good. So that's where I got him. Yeah, I think that with with Locke, the big thing is it's it's like the exact opposite of what we said with Darnold. The situation's there. I mean, he's got weapons around him and he's got uh, he's had the defense at times as well, playing at an elite level on the other side of the field. So I think that if Locke doesn't perform, I think this is it for him, likely, as a starter. At least um, an easy track to a starter role. So I think that's where it's hard to value him highly, just because this is really his make-or-break place, in my mind. This is how I view Drew Locke. I think of Drew Locke as like a poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston. Because like he just slings it all over the place, and it's just not good. Like He just doesn't produce, you know? Like... I don't know. I just I think Drew Locke will end up um, fading out of the league pretty quickly. But before we close this out, I got to ask one question. Wait, can I throw one hot take with Drew Locke before this question? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, it's not even it. necessarily about Drew Locke, but uh, that that exact description that you just gave for Drew Locke, I can see the exact same thing happening potentially with Zach Wilson if he doesn't land in the right spot. Ooh, so, wow. That's that's maybe a hot take. But what's your question? So I see that Andy Dalton is in the top four quarterbacks of uh, Tanner's rankings. And I just need to like, here's the thing. I love Andy Dalton and I think he is very much underrated, but what is your thought process behind that Tanner? Cause it seems a little crazy. <laughs> right, right, right. I get that. Um, and I love Andy Dalton too. It's probably too high to have him in the top 24 because he doesn't have a clear track to a starting job. But the other thing you have to remember with Andy Dalton is that he is 32, right? So my thinking is that at some point, Andy Dalton will find his way into a quarterback like training camp battle. And I think Andy Dalton is very capable of winning that. And I also think that we have seen Andy Dalton do enough from a fantasy perspective. Um, I was, Andy Dalton the Broncos? Could be, you know? I mean, uh, he, he'll be cheap. That's the other thing, too, is... Um, Andy Dalton will be a $5 million type deal. So I think he is the perfect journeyman as, as an older quarterback because you know that he won't turn the ball over at an insane rate. And you know that you're going to have to pay him less than like $12 million. So I think he will find his way into a couple of training camp battles. I think he wins a few of those. I think you get some starting years out of him before he retires. Yeah. That's going to be the episode, actually. We're not going to do any games because we want you to tune in for the new format of games, which is going to be just great. I think you guys are going to like it. We told you about the format at the beginning of the episode and FPO Game Show, man. FPO Game Show. So FPO Game Show. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Follow me at Kane Rob, K-A-Y-N-E-R-O-B on Twitter. 
check out Tanner at Tanner Larson 11 and check out Sam at Sam Durrell BFF. We hope you'll give us a follow. We're going to have the new format coming for episode four. And then once we hit it off with episode five, we're going to have a signed Jersey giveaway coming your way. So we hope you'll follow along for the ride. Choose the option, run the option, FPO, gotta go. See ya. Bye-bye.